Welcome to Garth Manor. In order to be a member of Alpha Sigma Rho, one has to do what? To stay in Garth Manor one night. And why is this night so special? Because 12 years ago, Raymond Garth murdered his family here and then committed suicide. And when the police arrived, they discovered a note written by Raymond Garth describing the entire gruesome act. But strangely, they only discovered three dead bodies. Andrew is still believed by some to be living somewhere within this house. Now the fun begins. <laughs> Bullshit, Peter. This is supposed to be a joke. I can't believe it. What about so Seth is bringing back help? Seth isn't coming back. Well, then we'll wait. We'll wait until morning. I mean, Peter and the other kids will be here. Peter's dead. Or... Well... <laughs> Pray for day, hell night. Welcome to Definitely First Blood. My name is Mitch. And I'm Christopher, and we are a horror movie podcast. We talk about horror movies of the 70s, the 80s, the 90s, the early 2000s, and sometimes today. And the future? I mean, eventually, yeah. Well, that'll just be the present. We didn't have an episode last week. We didn't. Do we want to talk about that? Um, it's a long story. It, it isn't that long of a story. It's ultimately that the only half of the file was there, so yeah. couldn't do it. And I thought for sure we had it, but we didn't. No. So that was that. It was too late. And then both of us forgot to say anything about it. So yeah. here we are. And I was very tired. Pretending it's never happened, and it's the first of our Halloween countdowns. Well, it didn't happen, right? So Even fine. though... This isn't really a Halloween movie, but I feel like you can pretend it's a Halloween movie. There's nothing to say it's not a Halloween movie. I mean, it must be a Halloween movie, or else why are they all wearing costumes? It's the Hell Night fraternity party's theme is that you have to wear costumes. I see. So it's during Pledge Week? Yes. Allegedly. Hmm. Strange. <laughs> but then again, fraternities are not a big thing in our neck of the universe. That is true. And yeah. So we are talking about Hell Night mm -hmm. from 1981. I don't know that we have anything else to really talk about it at the beginning. We have nothing. We haven't seen any new movies recently or anything other than Haunt, which was good. Yeah. Obviously very inspired by Haunted Ween. Oh, oh yes. But I mean... Both from Kentucky, which is good. Oh, interesting. So I, 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 I would wager that there was some 
haunted ween inspo inspo or influence it's that like uh, the spirit lives on yeah you know it was good it wasn't yeah. like Meh. no it was i really i worth watching truly thought i was not going to like that movie and oh me too definitely um, then not. it actually ended up being watchable which well, was good isn't it nice when that happens and enjoyable i don't yeah. think that it was necessarily good but it was definitely entertaining it wasn't bad i can definitely say especially that. as far as like modern slashers go yes and way better than what was that even called last year? Something similar where it was like Hell House, Hell Haunt, Hellfest. Oh gosh, Hellfest. <laughs> I forgot all about that. Me too. That was the one where the guy was like, aha, I've made these prostitutes into vampires by giving them hemophilia. No, that is a different one. Oh, that was a really bad one. Was too. that one Hellfest? Who no, cares? That one was something else similarly titled. Spooktown. Hellfest, I think, is the one where they go to like the Halloween Horror Nights sort of thing, mm-hmm. and then they're very lazily stalked by a slasher. Yes. Okay. Who then it, it ends with him just like going home to his kid. Oh, yeah. Spoiler alert. He wears a different Came mask. Came out a year ago. Every year. We always have spoilers in these, sh- these shits. Ah, this is his time. This is his one night <laughs> where he gets to live his truth. Yep. So... Hell Night, 1981, mm-hmm. written by Randy Feldman. He also wrote uh, Tango and Cash, Nowhere to Run, and Metro. So he had like a string of like action movies in the late 80s. Okay. Um, it was directed by Tom DeSimone, and he started out directing gay porn in the 1970s. Oh, that's delightful. Yeah, before he did Hell Knight. Uh-huh. And then he did a few uh, mainstream films like Reform School Girls, Savage Streets, okay. Angel 3, uh, with some more gay porn sprinkled in there in the 80s. I mean, you gotta. But then in the late 80s and 90s, he moved into television with Freddy's Nightmares, ah. Swamp Thing, ah. Superforce, Dark Justice, a few more things. His last credit, though, was in 2002. He was born in 1939. Holy shit. Yeah. So he was, I guess, 50 when this came out? 59? Interesting. I can't do math. Neither can I. 39 to 89 would be 50 years. But I love it. Oh, wait. Why am I going 89? 39 to 79. (laughs) There you go. I did it. I math hard. Hey, even if it was 90 years, it would still be at least 70 years, mm-hmm. right? Now. From now, yeah. Well, yeah. But I was talking about when this movie came out in 1981. Anyway, uh, it stars Linda Blair as Marty. She's obviously from The Exorcist. Yes. Peter Barton as Jeff. He was in Friday the 13th Part 4, Sunset Beach, The Young and the Restless. Uh, Vincent Van Patten as Seth. He was in Rock and Roll High School, Camp Fear, and he was on The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills from 2014 to 2017. Because he is married to Eileen Davidson, and shout out to Vicky from House on Sorority Row. Amazing. It all comes back together. (laughs) We've got Jenny Newman as May. She's in Nightmares, a.k.a. Stage Fright in 1980, which we've seen on Shutter, but I do not remember anything about it. But I remember the poster art. Yes. And she was Barbara in the 1983 version of V. Ooh. Sookie Goodwin as Denise. Peter Brophy as Peter. And Jimmy Sturtevant as Scott. The Garths were played by uncredited German nationals <laughs> who remain a mystery. 
Though one of them allegedly died in a car accident right before the release. But they no but one knows their names. But they're accredited German nationals. Kevin Costner perhaps worked as a grip on this film. Perhaps. Says someone. Um, also of note, Frank Darabont was a production assistant on this movie. Mm-hmm. And he would go on to write Nightmare on Elm Street 3, The Blob, The Fly 2, Whoa. Shawshank Redemption, Mary Shelley's Whoa. Frankenstein, Whoa. The Green Mile, The Mist. Holy shit. And he created shit. The Walking Dead. <laughs> Holy shit. That's amazing. Yeah. I mean, The Mist adaptation, that ending. Fantastic. <laughs> Great way to wrap it up. The titles to this movie were pretty wacky. Everybody looked so cool, though, in yeah. all their like period steezes. Well, I was like, this must. There's so many long takes in this movie. And oh, this we're is... drinking sangria. Oh yeah, didn't shout out my spooky sangria. It's really my good. My hello wine sangria. If you get a chance to have some, you should come here. And it have tastes some. like sangria. Don't what come makes here. it Halloween themed? It's, I don't know. It's a spooky purple color. That's true. Although it would be no matter what, I would imagine. Yeah, but now it's contextually spooky. It's Halloween because a lifestyle blogger told me it was Halloween. And God damn it, if you can't trust a lifestyle blogger, who the hell can you trust? Wow. Truer words, bud. Anyway, frat party, period. Everyone looks great. They all look very cool. They're doing like motorcycle tricks. And they're having a great time. Putin, hollering, shenanigans galore. Flames. There's a lot of flame in this movie. It's the Alpha Sigma Rho fraternity Hell Week party. Ooh. Everybody's in costume. First character we meet is Peter the frat president. Mm-hmm. Swoops in with what I thought at this time was a Prince Charming outfit, like straight from yeah. um, Sleeping Beauty or... I thought it was something like that, but now I think it's... I, it, I think it's like an evil Knievel or oh, I was superhero, was like greatest American hero, Emperor maybe Zod. Oh, like that some sort of that like, too. I think this is way before. I'm a, is this? When did those? I have no idea, but I, I, I no meant idea. like like I'm a comic book guy, yeah, or something like that. I don't know. So he swoops in and hits on the Coke girl. You know it. But then he scopes Linda Blair's Marty in the audience. Ooh. He's smitten because he's like, "Wow, who's this babe?" She's going as like a. She's like a Harlequin romance yeah, cover girl. with a little um, cameo on her neck. A very uncomfortable looking cameo. Oh, yeah. for that some thing reason, was tight. She never takes off the entire time. Very, I don't know. Maybe it, her head would fall off. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> yellow ribbon. Very good. Was it a yellow ribbon? Maybe it was a green ribbon. I remember ribbon. a green ribbon uh... in what I read or heard. You know, these are the great things about urban legends. We can't look them up. Yeah. So. We learn that May, her pal mm-hmm. and sorority head, um, has already given her the best room, the best clothes. And a car to tour around to it. tool around it. So <laughs> what? you know that Marty's a super cool girl. That's so much stuff. It is. Right? Especially just, what does she say it's for because of the English Yeah, she gives notes or she answers gives or something? everyone English lit notes so they don't have to go to class. <laughs> That's it? Amazing. Also at this party are Jeff and Seth. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jeff is dressed as some sort of like riverboat gambler. I thought he looked like, like a Mr. Darcy, 1900s perhaps. cowboy. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, but like a, a fancy cowboy, one that doesn't necessarily go, like one that shoots guns more than goes on the horse. And Seth is Robin Hood men in tights. Yes. 
with big puffy sleeves. Yeah. They all are wearing like weird historical sort of costumes. Yeah, it's, it's because the director wanted like a gothic feel. Ah, like a masquerade. And I think ball. I mean it's obviously like referential of Hammer Horror too. Yeah. So costuming wise, like that really fits. That makes sense. Jeff spots Marty, and he too is picking up what she's throwing down. Yeah, he's like, "Whoa, look what just walked in!" Ugh, ugh. But she isn't Seth's type because he is much more into Denise, the Who's, flapper. Yeah, she's blonde and also British. Oh, there you go. He is a Cali surfer type. Very cute. Mm-hmm. So they all mob up and they head on over to Garth Manor. Peter yeah. yucks it up. Mugs mugging for the ladies. He's giving them the rundown of the story. Basically, this guy, every kid he had was worse than the last in terms of they were all very unhappily deformed. So he eventually just kills all of them. But they only found three bodies. And he hung himself. Yes. Leaving only their youngest son. And they can never find the corpse. He oh, still no. lives in the house. Do we also get the little tidbit that there's no gas or electricity which is important to remember get that out of the way i mean if there's no electricity there's certainly no phones definitely but it was also driven home in the movie itself but you know what there are ten thousand lit and dripping candles (laughs) in every room yeah they lock marty denise's Denise's. I like it. Denise and Seth and Jeff mm-hmm. in. And then they zoom off with their torches and their fancy sports cars. Um, Seth decides to tell them a story about how, how they got hassled by a bunch of no good necks while they were trying to surf. Oh, yeah. So they went and bought a gun. And uh, then they never got hassled again. But hey, it's getting too cold. It's getting cold as an old Timbuktu nickel out here. I love this story. We went to Hawaii and the locals were like, hey, can you not be on our beaches? So then we threatened them with guns. (laughs) It's great. It's hilarious. I guess sort of like what they're doing here. Hey, we'll just come and like stay in your house overnight. I mean, not that I endorse the murder spree that's about to happen, but still. So they head inside, and right off the bat, we establish Denise. She's a bad girl. Oh, yeah. She wants to party. She's got the lewds and the Jack Daniels. They only confiscated her cocaine. Oh, no, not the coke. This is one radical chick. Hey, let's party. All right. (laughs) Quaaludes. Looky here. And Jack Daniels. Okay. (laughs) You sure cut on to the American lifestyle fast. And music. Oh my gosh. This is one radical chick. (laughs) All right. I thought Peter was supposed to search you before he left. He did, and he took half an ounce of excellent Colombian from me and half a gram of Coke. Please don't tell me where he found him. I'll just get so jealous. Don't be jealous, love. There's plenty for everybody. Like quaaludes? That's awesome. You're living the best life that you possibly could, I feel like. Really, what else would you want if you were trapped in such a scenario? Oh my gosh, exactly. I I mean, neither of us obviously know what quaaludes would be like. Too good for our time, right? Yeah, but if I know that I'm going to die, why not at least relax? (laughs) Jeff and Marty go off to go drink in the living room. Yeah, and light a bunch of fires. 
And More fires. when she asks where he's from, she's stunned to learn that he's from Hillside, Ooh. which means he's mega rich and should be named Bentley Rasmus Fairchild IV or something like that. That's a great name. And then she drops some shit about capitalism. Yeah. And he immediately says she's a radical. What's wrong? Probably with being... majoring in political science. What's wrong with being rich? Poor little rich boy. <laughs> Seth and Denise start getting right down to it. He shows off his abs a lot. Oh, yeah. They're they're shooting each other with arrows. She's wearing some sexy lingerie. He shoots her in the ass with one of those. And I mean, even though they're suction cups, it would really hurt. It's rude. I don't think it's rude. I just think it would actually very... Like, you're still putting all of the force into it. It just doesn't stick in you. Yeah. You probably have a bruise or something. Definitely. It's not a very nice thing to do. They lay down together, and she doesn't immediately want to bone. She wants to get to know him a little bit first, but he's a simple man of simple pleasures. He surfs, he drinks, and he screws. So he demonstrates the magic of surfing for her by treating her like a surfboard. Yeah, because she wants to know what it's like to surf. Well, there you go. I'm paddling out. The winds are blowing offshore. Four to six foot swells are rolling in. And I'm riding my most radical stick, an 18-inch pinner gun. 18 inches, my goodness. All of a sudden, a perfect six-footer starts rolling towards me. I turn around, two, three strokes, and I'm dropping in. Two or three strokes? That didn't take long. Just as I hit the bottom, I throw the most radical bottom turn straight up the face, hit the lip so hard, I do a layback. Now you're talking. Rock it back down the wave, get completely tubed, totally surrounded by water for an instant, and then what do I do? I kick out. <laughs> Sounds wonderful. It is. Now, if you behave, maybe I'll take you surfing again sometime. <laughs> Amazing. She makes innuendo the whole time. Yeah, basically, surfing is sex, and it's hilarious. <laughs> he loves it, too. Peter and May arrive back at the manor with... Uh, Scotty. Scott. Scott, yeah. yes. His younger brother. Jeff's... His younger brother. Maybe, like, in the fraternity sense. Yes, I think yeah. in the fraternity okay. sense. Um, Jeff's father is why he's joining the frat. Yeah. Because he never wanted to. Which uh-huh. Marty finds endearing for some reason. Yeah. I guess because she has traditional values. Secretly. Despite her gruff exterior. She, this is when, like, she told Jeff that she made the deal with the sorority. Yeah. With the lit notes and mm-hmm. whatever. And also that she's a mechanic. Yeah. Because she fixed her own brake pads, which is the height of mechanicry. It's because her dad was a mechanic who owns his own shop, and mm-hmm. she worked there over the summer or something. Oh, yeah. Um, May falls into a hole while she's doing the perimeter with Scott. Oh, yeah. What the hell is this hole? Oh, you know, it's just underground tunnels and ventilations and stuff. Don't worry. I've got them all wired up. <laughs> Good little deets to know yeah. for us there. And you didn't notice... the. The mongoloid The shit the that's down there, all of the craziness. <laughs> Whatever, man. Marty and Jeff hear a scream, so mm-hmm. they grab their candelabras. <laughs> and yeah. they go upstairs just as Seth is coming out. What's and going if on? if you weren't screaming, and I were, we weren't screaming, Jeez. who the hell's trying to mind fuck us? Yeah. So Jeff and Seth end up finding the speaker in the bathroom, mm-hmm. which pisses off Peter, who goes... To see May and Scott, and also tell May to beat it? Yeah, very strange. So she walks very slowly, which is the thing everyone does in this movie. Yes. uh, Towards an owl that spooks her. 
And then she gets grabbed from below and dragged into the tunnels where she gets her head chopped off. By a dirty, clawed arm hand. Yikes. An arm with the hand on it with claws on the hand. Okay. Yeah. Grabs her. Pulls her down. And then she gets beheaded with an axe. In a very quick succession of cuts. Nobody hears it. Or it probably just gets drowned out with the rest of the The fake fake screams. Yeah. Because they continue throughout the house still. Peter's such a fucking idiot. He's just going to town on this control box, just pressing over and over again. Like, you could have done one and then freaked them all out. They would never have found the speaker. And then, like, two hours later, done another one. And then they would... It seems like too elaborate of a prank. It really does. Especially since it's only been 12 years since this murder happened. Yeah, and all the pranks are very half-assed. Everything looks very fake. (laughs) (laughs) Strange. So Jeff and Seth go to investigate again. Mm -hmm. Marty gets freaked out that she's been left alone, and the window opens. Ah. The doors start slamming. She runs to the door, and then there's a projection of a ghost that really gets her, and she freaks the flip out. It's coming right towards her. Even bother trying to explain how they did this one, which is fine. The ghost in the mirror? No, not in the mirror. The one that's walking right towards her. Well, I think that was meant to be a real ghost. Because remember, he's like, time for mirror magic ghosts later. It's like a pe- yeah, but he did that with um, Denise when she's looking in the vanity. I think it's a Pepper's ghost illusion because later in the movie, there's like a double, like they have a candelabra and the flame is doubled. Believe me, I'm much more likely to be misremembering than you are. So, like the reason I think you're mistaken is because then Andrew and Scott are like totally jazzed after seeing this happen. And that's when he's like, we've got to go do the mirror trick, which he does with Denise oh, later. I see. He like puts on the other mask. And then when she's looking in the vanity, he like shines light on I his remember. face because it's a double-sided mirror. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, uh, what happens? Yeah. Next? And then Scott's going to go to the third floor. Mm-hmm. So up on the, the ceiling to try and scare some people. Um, and then Jeff and Marty figure out, like they find the door switch machine. Yeah. And they figure it out. And then Jeff dramatically calls to everyone in the darkness. I know you're, we know you're there. Stop fooling around with us, you jerks. So Scott's up on the roof working on his gag Mm -hmm. when he hears a noise and gets oddly excited when he thinks it's Peter. And here's why I don't think they're actual brothers. And it's because I, I was getting like, I might be crazy. Mm -hmm. A little subtext between Peter and Scott. Oh, nice. Like Scott really didn't want mate. To have been there. That's true. She was like, it should have just been you and me. Good point. And then they both... He's like, ooh, Scott, coming up on the... Anyway, who knows? Very concerned for each other. Certainly, I I do not know. Yeah. So he does the dumb movie thing and goes to investigate the strange noise. Hello? All right, Scott, are you there? He is Scott. Oh. And then he gets his neck turned all the way around. There's a great uh, tracking shot where it like swoops around the entire uh, roof in one shot. Yeah. So Jeff checks out one of the bedroom windows Mm -hmm. or just one of the bedrooms to make sure it's all safe for Marty. And uh, he even finds a literal skeleton in the closet. Ah, well, now that they've found the skeleton, they can sleep easy. She lays down in one bed. He's in another Mm -hmm. one. Again, traditional values. Yep. Um, and then she makes him blow the candle out. Yeah. Why? 
but like you, you had a reaction to this while we were watching. Yeah, I was like, if it were me, I would definitely want to sleep with the candles lit because, like, what if something crazy happens in the dark? You can't. Oh, let me fumble around for the matches and relight these this candle while I'm being murdered or scared or something. I think it's probably to just show the difference with the next scene where it show where it's uh, Denise and Seth because they have yeah. ev- literally every candle lit. They're sleeping in the same bed. That's true. Um, there's this like cool shot where we creep up on Denise and she shoots awake. And there's like a knocking sound. She has immaculately styled hair the whole time. Mm-hmm. And the first thing she does upon being awakened is down another quailie yeah. with Jack Daniels. Whatever Jack Daniels has left in her flask. But the knocks keep coming. Uh-oh. So she grabs one of her million candles mm-hmm. and walks to the door. And then she makes her way over to the vanity. Mm-hmm. Uh, a little fake snake pops up. Ah. Yeah, out of the drawer. You really summarized what was like a two-minute long walk. Yeah, sorry. Right there. I it's guess I fun. shouldn't have breathed by it. She <laughs> takes one step. <laughs> and then another, and then another. Step. I mean, it really built up tension because she's just looking it's like that painting i don't know if you've ever seen it of like a dog just staring into a dark open doorway what is it hearing you don't know it's something scary (laughs) probably anyways and peter does his little two-way mirror trick thing Mm -hmm. and she doesn't notice she thinks it's just the ludes she's like these are doing crazy stuff on my skin i'm so fucked up i don't even notice this so he just scampers away being like, oh, man. Yeah, he's disappointed. His little trick didn't work. Mm-hmm. So he leaves to go find Scott. And he climbs this rope ladder that is honestly very precarious. Oh, yeah. Um, he doesn't find anyone on the roof because, I mean, we know Scott's dead. He trips over the disgusting, stupid, fake corpse that wouldn't trick anyone. Just the dummy. Mm-hmm. Yes, and the dummy is the same mask that um, she saw in the living room. Uh, that was, like, coming towards her. Okay, okay. Um, so he starts reeling this rope thing up. Why did he start reeling that up? Because he's like, but if the fake corpse is here, what's hanging from this winch? And it's Scott. I mean, you could have just looked over the edge. He's got a very distinctive pirate costume with parrot on. (laughs) I don't think if you looked over the edge and you're like, oh, it's someone with a parrot on their shoulder. I wonder if it's Scott who is wearing that exact costume. But no, we got to winch it up nice and slow. He speeds down that ladder yeah. and into the night. Very yellow. Gets, tries to get the gate unlocked, but he can't. And mm-hmm. then the killer guy comes up and grabs him. Ah! He's able to get away. And this was what I had in my notes. Uh, oh, he's evil Knievel or something. Not <laughs> Prince Charming from Sleeping Beauty or whatever. Maybe he's supposed to be like He-Man when he's all He-Man'd out. And he's got his cape on. I don't know anything about He-Man. He's wearing like a a purple or like a silver and red suit. So I don't know. Bizarre. Anyways. Where were we? So the the killer fondles his face, which is his signature move. I feel like this is one of the like more rare chase scenes because it involves a dude. Like usually it's uh, female characters that get oh, chased. Oh yeah, there was a lot thing. of great shit in this about like along those lines. Like mixing it up, making it more realistic. Yeah. So he starts running and gets scythed. Yes. Great part of it is when he's running through the trees and he catches the creep, his shadow, and he's like, oh, I'm going to double back. (laughs) 
But it's too late. This is also the first instance where we see the killer. Yeah. He's like a mongoloid Jason-y. Yeah, definitely. And very tall and scary. Marty and Jeff talk metaphysical shit. Mm -hmm. She thinks she saw a witch once. He thinks he saw an elf. Do you believe in ghosts? No. When I was a kid, I thought I saw a witch. Now I wake up and see things. <laughs> you know, I saw an elf once. <laughs> an elf? How do you know it was an elf? Well, what would you call a three-foot man, white beard, pointed ears, red cap? A typical textbook elf. Okay, well, I think you better keep that story to yourself. It's pretty bizarre. <laughs> what about you and your witch? Haha, <laughs> but we're just... We're just two weirdos who will keep it to each other's selves. They get real close to smooching. Mm -hmm. And it's like, he's beautiful. Just kiss him. What the fuck are you doing, and Linda like, Blair? How long, are you get, how long is this going to get strung out for? <laughs> but also, you are in this disgusting house. Just truly disgusting. You're sleeping on dead children's beds. And this, ah, oh, this, this is where it all... How did you meet her? How did you two meet? Well, we were locked in this haunted murder mansion and we were sleeping on the fetid, disgusting, moldy beds of children. <laughs> and we just really clicked. I don't know. But I guess. Then you don't have a movie if they don't do that. So what am I complaining about? And in a situation that could not be more opposite, mm -hmm. Seth, who Denise keeps calling Wes, uh, are seriously fooling around. Like, mainly just doing circles. Well, being watched by someone. Rolling over and over in bed, and that pan to that darkened doorway, terrifying. See them in silhouette, which is pretty artsy for a porn director. Yeah, especially uh, when there's no, you know, directable lighting in the entire house because there's no electricity. Some candles, I guess. <laughs> they just start, like, giggling and mm -hmm. fooling around. Then he says he has to go to the John. Yep. The John? I thought your name was Seth. Ha ha ha. Oh, you. Because she gets, he's getting his name wrong. Mm -hmm. So Seth goes a, to piss. We get a POV shot of the killer Ugh. sneaking in and looming over Denise. Yeah, that was I really so like the gross. score of the scene, too, and like the way that they played with the shadows more. Yeah. As but, he was like looming on top the of her. The shadows are what wakes her up. And we get that really nice transition from seeing her through his eyes to just seeing him looming over her. And it's like, oh, this is gross. And then she gets grabbed by the face and killed off screen. Yeah. Her last words were a joke. <laughs> I think it's fitting. In the bathroom, Seth gives himself a once over. Score mm -hmm. one for the good guys. <laughs> what? I, I don't mean, know. Maybe... He's giving himself proactive praise for all the heroism he does later. True. And he heads back to bed, but when he gets in, mm -hmm. goes to put his hand around Denise, but instead... It's just a head. Maze decapitated head. And he doesn't know who the fuck this is. Some sorority girl. So we get a very rare horror movie male scream queen here. True. Yeah. He does scream. And a very good scream at that. Marty and Jeff hear his screaming and they join him and they mm -hmm. see May's head. Seth is very rightfully freaking out at, 
at this point, and he grabs Jeff's gun and runs for the gate. Yeah, he decides to do the stupid thing and try to leave the murder mansion. Yeah. Tries huh. to shoot the lock, but of course it's just blanks. Because, yeah, Peter probably wouldn't want to have been shot. So he goes to climb the gate, but Jeff makes him take off his boots. To get better grippies with his old toesy woesies. Marty also tries to climb, but she can't do anything. No. Um, he ends up getting up to the top. The score is very intense. Is he gonna? Is he gonna, is he gonna hurt gonna himself or something? Because it's razor sharp somehow. There are easily a million ways to get over this fence. As we find out later, there's a hole in the fence that no one even bothers to look for. Yeah, which is very frustrating. And also, you could stack the furniture. You could throw a blanket. Exactly. Throw a blanket over it is exactly what I would do. Or use your belt to help lift yourself yeah, up. Yeah, true. Uh, I lived right beside a wall that was exactly like this. Use your dumb little cameo necklace. Exactly. I mean, it, it's a better use for it than scratching your throat <laughs> constantly with that cheap-ass ribbon. It's not even silk. It's like the... Taffeta. Ugh. Looked very uncomfortable oh. to me. Anyways, Seth, Seth gets away. Yeah, he yeah. finally gets over after impaling himself only mildly. Marty and Jeff decide that they just need to go back in the house for some reason. Oh, so I feel like being outside is such a better idea for them at this point. Well, I, I don't, I mean, I, here I sit on my high horse of not once, not one frigging time have I gone up against a surviving poor <laughs> member of a kooky rich family that you're so who am I to, to his cast judgment on them? His giant property? No, I think you're exactly right. I mean, it was cold enough that you could see their breath. I was frustrated that the second they saw the head, they weren't like, I mean, freak out, obviously, because your friend's dead or whatever, or there is a dead head in there. But I think after that, you need to start going to self-preservation mode where you're looking for weapons, which they don't do for this... That was very frustrating to me because they had plenty of opportunities. Oh, yeah. And there's probably so many things in this still fully furnished mansion. Even just basics, basic shit. They very slowly walk back up to the house while like cradling each other mm-hmm. with like wide eyes. Like, <laughs> oh, no. Oh, so no. I watched an interview list. with Peter Barton. Mm-hmm. Well, I watched a clip from an interview with Peter Barton where he said he kept laughing due to schnapps and weed. During this scene. Oh, that's great. I love that. What a terrible combination. (laughs) So they come back inside and immediately they start yelling for Denise, Mm -hmm. which seems like a great way to let the killer know where you are. Yeah. You're here and you're ready to mingle, baby. Denise, Denise. They slowly ascend the stairs looking for this girl. I don't think I'm this good of a person, to be honest with you. Yeah. If she's... I feel like I would have had to have gone back inside if I were them at that point because they needed blankets and weapons. Yeah, but just get out. I mean, you go in, you tactically do that. You call for Denise as you're leaving, but you, she, if she doesn't answer after the first time, I'm sorry. This is where <laughs> it also looks very hammer horror-y oh, because yeah. they're moving around by candlelight. Oh yeah. And very slowly. Air quote candlelight. candlelight yeah. Very bright candles. Scooby-Doo style mm-hmm. candles, really. Um, they happen upon Scott's hanging body. Oh, no. Oh, it spooks them. Um, and then Seth 
we learn more about Seth. Yeah. Uh, no one is helping him. He runs to the frat house and starts banging on the door. I don't know why it would be locked. <laughs> I'm still here. I'm in the distance going to get more sangria. Yeah. Uh, and then he, like, the window's already broken. Why not jump through this broken window? You're already a hero, dude. You sprinted back from this house. I agree. And then he, what does he do? Runs into town. No one will help him. He tries to stop cars. Uh, He's in front of the Greek Colosseum or something. It, It was like a truly, one of those fake buildings with columns that don't exist in America. Yeah, when the dog attacked that that blind guy. I don't know if it's picking up anything I'm saying. That's fine. It is. I mean, certainly more than the dog's nails on the on the ground. <laughs> Anyways, I'm back. Oh no! Yes, I'm back. And better than ever with a smashing new layout. That car pays him absolutely no mind. Mitch is now the one getting sangria. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the professional thing to do would probably be pause it while we do this, but. That's just not this kind of podcast. No, I like it. This is the first time we've done this, I feel like. And then there's this scene where Jeff dramatically opens the window and a breeze gently brushes his beautiful oh, hair. yeah. He sees a light from the garden and his very first thought is, oh, that must be Denise. That, that stationary light in the garden that for some reason I can't distinguish <laughs> what it is. So he's going Denise. to leave Linda Blair alone to go check it out. What? It's fine. What? It's fine. What the fuck? Linda Blair is very weird in this scene. I mean, I feel like they've been trying to sell her as this like self-reliant mm-hmm. tough girl, but that character is not who this character is. No, at all. She's it's like a edifice on just being like, "Please, I can't." No. I mean, I wouldn't want to be left alone either. Nope. Or would I leave someone alone? Well, Jeff's an idiot. Here's but, I feel like it geez. is actually kind of a rational reaction because Jeff is making such an irrational decision. Mm-hmm. Maybe like I would probably be like, "What are you doing? <laughs> no, stay here. You can't leave because you're going to die, and then I'm going to die." But Jeff, man, she <laughs> woman, that she no go. That's so true. <laughs> That's so true. So he goes outside, his little candle blows out, but he finds a pitchfork. Yeah. And as he's skulking around, he hears some noises. Uh-oh, what and could those noises be? sneak up behind be? him. <gasps> then he gets to the light in the garden and he finds Peter's dead body. Oh, no! Uh, takes his flashlight, but yeah. totally misses the key hanging from his hand. What a freaking idiot. He saw Jeff, or Peter, put the key into his pocket very theatrically. I mean, I guess in the moment when you freaked out. When was the last time you were trying to escape from the remaining members of a deformed rich family in California, bud? Mm. How how are you supposed to cast judgment? You don't know his art of getting away. That's very true. He doesn't get away. I'm sorry. I'm really sorry. (laughs) Seth ends up going to the cops, Mm -hmm. thinking, "Hey, the cops will help me." Yeah. This poor naive son of a bitch. The cops have had it with his shenanigans. They don't want to see another fraternity member ever. You got to get out of here or you're going to end up in the drunk tank. What fraternity are you with? Uh, The Alpha Sigma Rho. The little wise guy Peter Bennett's president, huh? 
Well, you go back up there and you tell that little smart-ass prisoner of yours that if I even see another Alpha Sig tonight, I'm going to throw his butt in jail for 30 days. Wait, wait a second. You, you don't understand. This is for real. We were up at Garth Manor and somebody was killed. Hey, Ross, I got another one for the tank for you here. What? No, 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 this is no stunt. Listen, this kid's up there getting murdered. Son, you kids have been getting away with murder all night long. Now, either you get the hell out of here or you're going to spend a night in jail. Thankfully, right next to the exit, there is a open door, unguarded, filled with a wide selection of ammunition and guns. Yes, which Seth sneakily and ballsily appropriates for himself and then jumps out of a window. Into Amazing, like Robin Hood himself. <laughs> Great job, Seth. Back at the manor, Jeff and Marty are just hanging out, standing guard. You know, as you do, still inside for some reason. And then behind them, we see a figure slowly rise up and start walking towards Ooh. them. I thought it was actually a very effective very scene. Very effective. Sort of like the Michael Myers. You might not see it immediately. They notice Jeff stabs him mm -hmm. with a pitchfork. Very shittily. Falls down. Mm -hmm. Then he takes the pitchfork out, and somehow that incident of him taking the pitchfork out, he sneaks down through this hole into the tunnels. That he came from, all because he's been freed from the pitchfork. Yeah. And I mean, very fast, I guess. We also learn that, like, Jeff didn't even bother telling Marty about the other murders yet. Yeah. She's like, well, what about Peter? Surely they'll come back. Yeah. They're dead. I just didn't want to ruin all of your hope. I mean, you probably would have figured since you saw May's decapitated head. Mm -hmm. Why would you be like, well, why is May here? Yeah. I don't know. Very strange. Um, so he says he doesn't want to wait for the killer to come back. So he's got to go down through the tunnels. Oh. I don't think that makes sense. Wouldn't it make more sense to wait for the killer it to come back? It is completely insane. Hey, you know what? I got to go down there where it's dark and he has the advantage. Definitely a lot better strats for some of these people's plans in this oh, movie. God, Jeff is just a idiot. <laughs> we descend into the tunnels of the house. Mm -hmm. uh, they see a light at the end of a dark tunnel, which they follow until they find <laughs> Denise's body at a table with the dead bodies of the family members. I love this because he's like, hey, there's a light ahead. Let's go through this small hole. <laughs> no! She's totally right. What are you doing? You're going to get lost down there, and you're going to die. Get out. <laughs> they hear the grunting of Andrew, and mm -hmm. then we get a chase through the tunnels. Oh, very spooky. The tunnel chase was added after the executive producer saw Jamie Lee Curtis's chase scene in Terror Train. In Terror Train? Yeah. Interesting. Through the, the cars. Nice. And they shot this in, like, two hallways. Yeah, And they looks just like shot it. it from different <laughs> angles. Um, Andrew catches up to them and he and Jeff have a little scuffle. They both get knocked down. Mm -hmm. uh, the two of them manage to escape out the trap door and they lock it with the pitchfork. Yeah, through the iron. Meanwhile, Seth is, he steals a car. Yeah, he carjacks. He's doing someone. all the work here. And I don't know, man. The guy's like, this is illegal. You can't do this. I. Okay. I, I think he knows that. That's why he's threatening you with a shotgun. And he tells him, good, call the police. Tell them I'll be at Garth Manor. Yeah, as we find out by the end of the movie. They don't. They don't give a shit, apparently. Not a single shit. Not the, a single solitary shit. It's truly a very modern interpretation of the police. 
he gets to the manor just as someone runs in front of the the lights of the car. So, so he's like, oh, he gets out. Gotta go hunting. Oh, Seth. Oh, brave, heroic Seth. He starts doing the perimeter. He finds like a bent pole in the fence. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, they do a whole shot of him just like creeping back to the house. Very slowly. Which I really liked. The, the gate of the house is actually a mile away. Whoa, that so sucks. It's a lot farther than what they make it look like in the movie. Eventually, he ends up getting grabbed by the killer, and they scuffle. Seth drops the gun. He keeps getting dragged down the steps before he can get it. Then he gets a shot off right into the guy's chest, and he goes flying backwards over this railing into the water. The fetid water. Seth goes down to examine the body, Mm -hmm. and then we get a classic... One final scare sort of thing. Jason's up out of the water. And he gets shot again. Yeah. Again, point blank. Seth has an excellent shot. He's pretty proud of himself, too. As he should be, I think. He runs inside, calling for Jeff and Marty. His shirt is, like, fully open. Yeah. And he's... I don't think he's wearing the green vest anymore. It's fully, like, white shirt hero. (laughs) That's great. Like a romance novel cover. Exactly. Or at the end of Muppets Treasure Island. (laughs) Um, And then... Uh, he gets yanked off screen and murdered, which yeah. is a major bummer. Into the dark, and then the gun just comes spiraling out. <laughs> Into so you. Naturally, Maddie's like, I gotta go get that gun. Very slowly. I gotta sneak down there so they got plenty of time to see me and, and that I don't have a weapon that I easily could have picked up. She's gotta yell for Seth a couple times. Here and fucking there. Just as she's about... There, the killer jumps in, and then they run back into that oh fucking no. bedroom. Gotta go back upstairs. Marty goes out the window, but Jeff gets grabbed and defenestrated. Like, in the worst possible way. No thing. Like, suplexed out of the window. Marty climbs up on the roof, which is not a great plan. Um, but then she finds a rope ladder, which is a good plan. Yeah. And she just climbs down until she gets grabbed out the window. Yep, hastily She descending. has to drop... Ouch. Makes a run for it to the front gate while finding the bodies of all of these acquaintances oh along no. the way. Like garden furniture. She runs into the hedge maze that they have on site. It's very The Shining, like when they're running yeah. through it. Especially when Jeff was running through it with the and the shadow was falling on the tines of the forks. Anyway. She finds the uh, keys in Peter's hands. Mm-hmm. Doesn't take the weapon that he's impaled with, but... No, definitely not. Why would you? She gets to the main gates and unlocks it before locking it back up. Because she doesn't know about the free reign between... She jumps into the car. But the car is dead. And it won't start. Oh, no. But thankfully, she's a mechanic, as we know, so she can fix it. Well, I forgot that at first. I was like, why the fuck are you going to look at the engine? Like, if it, because thinking about myself, I would not have any idea of what to do. I'd be like, yep, yeah. that's an engine. I guess that's really her big triumphant moment because really? then she backs into the fence and like, gets stuck. She breaks the fence, gets stuck. And this gives the killer time to jump on top of the roof of the yeah, car. Yeah, we don't see him do this. She doesn't feel oh, no. it. And uh, so you can fix a car, but you can't drive a car. Yeah, she so starts it's... driving away, and then the killer's on the roof. Rawr! So she turns the car back around and drives it into the fence, which impales the killer. And he dies. And he dies. And then she is also dead. One of the, the worst world. final girls, I think, to, in my opinion. Because she doesn't... She yeah. passes out on the car horn for quite some time. Yeah. 
The sun comes up. The cops still have not come. And she just like walks towards camera. She a has changed to, woman. She has to like squirm out of the side of the car between the fence and everything. What are your thoughts on this movie? I think it is enjoyable to watch. Yes. Uh, I think they could have cut it down. Oh it's my. It's an hour 40. It could have been an hour 30. They could have walked faster and um, they'd still be walking slow. I didn't like Linda Blair's character. She's helpless. She they did nothing for her. I feel like Cold I was helpless. much more connected to the character of Seth. Yes. It's me rare too. that I advocate for a final boy, but I would say Seth does earned his stripes. Yeah. I would ten too. times over he to, screams, to live. He fights back. Way more so than Linda he Blair. Deals a killing blow. I guess I agree hundred percent. The lesson is privilege is a killer. <laughs> I guess, yes. I mean, I, and it is sort of privilege. Like, oh, we just come yeah. fucking stamp around your house. There were a lot of Six Degrees of Jamie Lee available from okay. this movie. I went for one of the easier ones, um, but more topical. Okay. We've got Vincent Van Patten, who played Seth. He was in Rock and Roll High School with PJ Souls, mm-hmm. who's in Halloween. Nice. With Jamie Lee Curtis. Perfect. So Hell Night was shot over 40 days in the fall and winter of 1980 over the holiday season. Um, was on an initial budget of $1 million, but because it shot over the holidays, yeah. it ended up going up um, by $400,000. They wanted a more gothic, hammer horror style look, which is why they made the decision to have it be a costume party as opposed to just a regular old party so they could mm-hmm. get Linda Blair in a more fanciful costume to match the location. Yeah, that's true. Um, it fanciful. was shot in California. The mansion used is the Kimberly Crest Mansion, which was built in 19 or sorry, 1887 for one of the pioneers of Redlands, California before it was purchased in 1905 by John Alfred Kimberly who is the co-founder of Kimberly Clark, the paper company. They had Italian gardens installed on the property, and there's apparently a 90-foot magnolia tree that they would string with lights for the holidays. Oh, shit. That must have been beautiful. The family kept the house until uh, Mary Kimberly Shirk, the daughter of John Alfred, challenged the city to raise money to buy the home and have it turn into a botanical park. And when she died in 1979, she left the mansion to the people of Redlands. And using the proceeds from the sale to the city, the Kimberly Shirk Association was formed, and they still care for the home to this day. Oh, that's great. And Hell Knight was shot in it before it was converted into the museum. Interesting. Yeah. I wonder if they used the furnishings from... Probably. Probably. I would imagine so. Yeah. Um, I didn't. Mm-hmm. Like, see anything about that, but I truly would imagine. And then another interesting thing, yes, which is a fairly new thing okay. from February 2013. Uh-huh. I mean, still like six years old. Yeah. But so a man died mm-hmm. in Broadwell, Illinois. Oh, I've heard his of name this. is Ray Folk. Yep. And he left his $1 million estate to the two stars of this movie. Peter Barton, who played Jeff, and uh, Kevin Brophy, who played uh, Peter, the head of the fraternity. Because because he liked this movie so much, or because he liked the soap it opera It doesn't so really much? say. He just says he felt uh, 
close to the actors. I mean, they were both in soap operas, but they were in separate soap operas. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah. They, so they like sort of thought it was a joke when it happened. Yeah. Or like a scam. I remember reading, or I feel like another podcast that I listened to who covers a lot of American like weirdness like this. Yeah. Mentioned it, but that's amazing. I didn't realize it was them. Which is pretty wild. Do they, we're right now we're looking at a daily mail article about this yes do they even mention this movie yes they do because it's like the actors knew each other because they worked together on 1981's hell night i was gonna like it would have to be this right like the reason yeah we're seeing a a lot of pictures of uh jeff they're both still like jeff barton is or mr barton Mm -hmm. is still very much uh quite an attractive fellow well, we're seeing a bunch of pictures of him with the fox or something. Uh, that's Kevin Brophy. It's because oh, he was in a TV show it called Lucan where he would, played a guy raised by wolves. Awesome. Yes. Oh, he looks great with these... Uh, Wolf dogs. With uh, heterochromia, <laughs> yeah. So that's it for Hell Night and our first Halloween episode. We do have a selection already picked out. I don't know if we should talk about them or not. No, let's or just keep leave it, it as surpri- more of like a weekly surprise. A spooky surprise. We'll probably dip back into pumpkin Ooh. beers again, even though I think we reviewed all of the ones we want to review last year. So if you yeah. want to listen to our last year Halloween episodes and you haven't done that yet, that's I'm sure we'll find a good it. thing. I'm sure we'll find They're new good. Ones. We so. tried a couple new ones already. They're no, good. we tried all of those ones before. Oh, really? Yep. Hmm. They were all in our last year's reviews. Oh, well. <laughs> So thank you so much for listening. If you want to follow mm-hmm. us on social media, you can follow us on Twitter at DeafFirstBlood, on Instagram, DefinitelyFirstBlood, or you can email us, DefinitelyFirstBlood at gmail.com. If you're feeling extra charitable and you want to use your fingers even more to on our behalf, you can write a review on the podcasting host of your source. Even a single review helps... I don't know, game the algorithm <laughs> into thinking that we're the best. So thank you. Delightful. And go okay, goodbye. Yeah. Bye. Bye.